Welcome to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast for women who want to experience intimate relationships and sex that are pleasurable and passionate, happy, thriving and deeply fulfilling. With my very special guest experts guiding lights and pioneers in their specialist areas, we'll be breaking down the myths, exploring the difficult stuff, the good stuff and seeing what's possible for love, sex and intimacy at this time of rapid change. In these candid and intimate conversations, I'll be bringing you the best of sex and relationship education, full of practical ways to support and inspire change in your intimate life. I'm your host, Sarah Rosebright. Whether you're curious about what's possible or you're already committed to exploring, I'm so happy you are here. Hi, and welcome to this episode. And I'm really um, happy to share this conversation with my partner and co-teacher, Graham Waterfield. So Graham was on the podcast a while ago and we had a conversation about relationships. And this time we're focusing a little more on sex and pleasure and what's possible when we go beyond the goal. So we explore how most people learn to do sex, why mainstream sex advice can be really misplaced and misguided. And what's possible when we drop inside and meet each other from that place of presence. And then at the end of the conversation, we share about intimacy, which is our couples program, which is three months of working with us, going on a journey to deepen love and expand pleasure. And there's a special offer for you at the end of this episode too. So enjoy. Welcome to this episode with Graham Waterfield, my partner and also co-facilitator and teacher and really beautiful to have you back on the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me along, Sarah Rosebright. It's uh, <laughs> it's a joy to join you here today. Mm, <laughs> downstairs. <thank you>. Downstairs <laughs> and upstairs. <laughs> and so let's dive in because um we last time we had a chat on the podcast we spoke a lot more about relationships and so we wanted to have another conversation this time more around sex and pleasure and so for those of you and we're going to have a conversation about sex and pleasure and then we are going to share a little bit about our couples program that's coming up if you're listening to this in September 23 but that's going to be right at the end of the conversation so for the people who may be listening that haven't come across you and your work, I'd love you to start with sharing uh, a bit about your journey and what it is that you share with the world. Thank you, Sarah. This is for, for any coach or teacher who's been on the circuit for a while. It's always a tricky question, isn't it? Because you're aware of the breadth of the trainings you've been on, the experiences you've had and what you've done. And to, to condense that is always something of a challenge and so I guess my, my background as far as qualifications uh, go is uh, you know fully trained counsellor uh, and practicing counsellor in the past um, working predominantly mental health uh, I've been uh, and still am a full-time yoga tai chi meditation teacher and then I guess the work that we're finding really exciting together at the moment is that just in the background was something very interesting. So for between 20 and 30 years, I've been doing Taoist sexual energy energy cultivation practices, just as a background to my Tai Chi and my Qigong and my meditation, and just finding those practices so life transforming. And so it's interesting that I find myself here because I, I out of everything I do, that was what that wasn't the thing I would thought I would ever be teaching. I thought, you know, I'd just be teaching Tai Chi for the rest of my life. And then suddenly about seven or eight months ago, clients were coming to me. Some of my one-to-one male clients that I was working with on coaching and self-development were asking me more and more about how to work with their sexual energy. And I thought, well, I know all this stuff, so I'll just start sharing it. And within about two months, that became a course. And then the first course sold out. Then the second course got full. And now I'm just about to start my third course which is sold out again so it's quite weird how my life has just evolved into working and teaching really these Taoist sexual alchemy practices I've, I've held in my own life for a number of years and so I guess that's the focus that's taken over my life really the last you know 
since the the beginning of this year that's become my full-time thing generally you know i still have a few tai chi classes and stuff but you know working with men either one-to-one or in groups showing them really how to cultivate their sexual energy how to use it to transform their physical emotional and psychological health how to become more intuitive how to feel more alive how to have more intimacy with themselves and their partners and one of the things that i i really love to hear the first time i ran my sexual energy alchemy course for men was uh, the amount of men that were coming and says, oh my God, my partner loves that I'm on this course. The, the way that we are together now is, is completely transformed. And, and I guess that led into us having some conversations we've been having over the years about, you know, this new venture, these, this new exciting um, odyssey that we're about to start, which is the 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 what we've both learned in our sexual journeys and working with these tantric and various other practices over the years but how to deliver these in a very grounded way to help couples connect so i'm i'm, I'm envisaging for the rest of the year um it's going to be very much around uh bringing some of these practices into helping not just single men or men in relationships with these practices but you know how to to bring what we've both learned into how to to helping people in enriching their own relationships, their love, their connection, their pleasure. So uh, I, this mm. this is the new direction, I guess, that I'm starting to see a, appear in my life. So in a nutshell, there's that's where I've been, and that's where I'm up to now. <laughs> Mm, thank you and I'd love to actually we should have a podcast sometime just talking about the male sexual energy practices that you do um and before we dive into sort of more about our conversation because it's relevant I'd just love to hear what are the reasons some of the people come to explore these sexual energy practices for men and what sort of shifts are you seeing in the men that you're working with the two big things, and it's a great question, the two major things at the beginning was a lot of um, what I would call spiritual men. I use that very loosely because uh, a lot of them wouldn't consider themselves to be spiritual men. But, you know, my background with yoga and stuff, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of comfortable using that phrase. But some powerful business leaders, some, you know, some people who, who, you know, having really positive effects in, on the world as men in various ways, you know, whether in healing modalities and corporations, they were coming to me because that, that aspect of their life, their sexual energy was something that everything else could be working. They, they might have a great relationship. They might have a beautiful meditation practice. They may be creating a, the, on, on an entrepreneurial way, incredible businesses. But that aspect of their life, they just couldn't get a hold on. It was like it was almost something that possessed them. And, and some of them were uncomfortable about they weren't able to control their sexual energy within in relation to watching pornography or uh, excessive fantasy. So uh, other men would come to me because they couldn't figure out either why they were so sensitive sexually that then when they were in intimacy, intimacy with their partner, uh, that they didn't feel like they had sexual control. So they were, they were ejaculating more quickly than they would have liked to. And other men on the other end of the scale, they felt desensitized. Like, how do I really connect with my partner? I'm carrying so much tension and stress in my body. So a, a way of putting that into a nutshell would be that they were really coming to me because no one had ever taught them outside of sniggering school children when they were at school, you know, watching v porn on VHS tapes and stuff like that. I'm showing my age now. But like that was their sex education. That's how they were shown how to work with their sexual energy. And they it, it was a, or, you know, of course, the, the reductionist science way this is a sperm this is an egg you know that and that was pretty much it really you know um so yeah that that would be the main reason to to understand and to see if they could actually have some control over their sexual energy or could redirect it in a way that was more positive for their life and so what we found very very quickly was that when they did the training with me that was very possible even with it, it really surprised me because I've done these practices for years, but it, what really surprised me was within a week or two, 
just that something as simple as saying relax, something as simple as taking the shame around this subtle level of shame and guilt that a lot of men carry around their sexual nature because of distorted images and 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 um and what we could call memes in the in the the uh, collective society or consciousness or the types of conversations that are being had uh, so men would feel a bit uh, of shame and guilt around their sexual self so just the ability to sit with other men and hear everyone in the same boat you know so yeah so i i think i've i've got so into this answer that i've forgotten what the, the original question was but <laughs> so the, in a nutshell yeah the, the men come to have a better understanding of to make friends with and to learn to redirect what i call their sexual nature or sexual energy in more wholesome and more beautiful ways life enhancing ways as opposed to life depleting ways yeah beautiful thank you and and i think that leads us on to the conversation that we were wanting to have today is that you know what is possible beyond the goal because we're so used to having sexual experiences where we're focused on the goal and that's what we learn is heading towards the goal whether that's the goal of orgasms ejaculations whatever it is and then when we head towards the goal we um there's nothing wrong with that and it can be really enjoyable but if that's the only way we experience our sexual energy it has its limitations and then when we get stuck and what couples present with is um sex has become routine sex has become mechanical um all of these sort of common issues that um couples experience or one person's enjoying it, the other person isn't, um, or different levels of desire or interest in sex, all of these things. Often in the sort of mainstream um, world, the advice we, we you know we were talking about a podcast that we watched where the advice is about go and try some new sex toys, go and try some new positions, go on a sexual adventure, try something kinky out or whatever it is. And again, all of those things, nothing wrong with them. But for what we're been talking about is is what's possible when instead of looking outside for the solutions, instead of looking for the new, it's like the consumerist um, approach to sex. Let's just get the latest new thing in to sort it. And as we know, when we do that in life, it doesn't feed the sort of um, whatever's missing inside. And what we're suggesting is what's beyond the goal is how do we learn to drop inside? How do we learn to really tune in and be present with ourselves and each other? And then from that place, what's possible? Mm. And it, it's really interesting when I, because I, I, we were, we both listened to a podcast not so long ago and it was talking about, you know, I'll just use a vibrator to make yourself ejaculate if you can't, or, you know, orgasm, whatever, you know. And um, what was interesting about that was, what we both noticed, I think, was that there's nothing wrong with seeking pleasure, you know, in any way, shape or form. It's simply that what we've discovered through doing our practices is that there's a greater pleasure. There's an incredible uh, life affirming, energizing uh, uh, types of pleasure that, you know, I guess the, the one simile would be say someone working in a corporation all week you know the best pleasure they may be able to come up come up with to unwind is to come home every night and drink a, a glass or a bottle of wine to downregulate their nervous system and it might feel good in the, the short term but then we start to notice you know maybe there's more tiredness the next day more the grumpy more more disconnection the body doesn't feel alive and vibrant especially as as they get old so we could say that the the, the drinking the wine or or using a vibrator or using pornography it might lead to a sense of pleasure in the here and now in that moment but i guess what we've come to see in our own practices over the years is there's much more pleasure to be had and when you learn skills when you have new understandings of the 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 chemistry of the body the 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 relaxation possibility uh, the the ways of communicating 
actually the depth of intimacy, pleasure and love is much more than we have ever been taught in in society and in, in, in our in everyday conversations so yeah that's that's that i guess that's what i i do when i work with the men you know that i work with i'm just saying you, you know it's understandable why you would do what you do whether that's pornography fantasy in extreme cases having affairs you know anything to sustain that level of constant excitement constant more but actually there's a different type of pleasure which is more about relaxation self-awareness that um yeah that we i guess we both teach in the work that we do mm, yeah and i think that's the thing is a lot of the um mainstream sex advice or books or whatever it's looking at sex as almost like a form of entertainment that um is and again there's nothing wrong with that but there's something deeper when we drop into that place of intimacy with ourselves and that takes time and it takes commitment and it takes um practice and so when we're living in really um busy lives it invites a different part of us to come online because often the type of sex we have is how we do life rushing from one place to the next um always with an eye on the future the body not relaxed all of these different things and you know that's the culture that we live in that urgency culture of speed and rushing and everything and so to drop into the type of intimacy and pleasure that we're talking about it invites us to slow down it invites us to become more present with ourselves and with more present within each other it invites us to relax into our being to um to feel more and all of these things take a different um level of I, I i like to think of it as that's what i sort of talk about it brings different parts of us online it's like um what tobin was sharing i was talking to tobin who's been on the podcast yesterday it's this switching of channels and it's not that that busy or anything channel is uh wrong it's like, let's look at what else is available that we can sometimes lean into. Yeah, in the, in the yoga philosophy, it says someone who practices a, a practice like meditation, yoga, he says that they become like a, a tortoise that can, the, the tortoise, it says, you know, pulls their legs and their head into the shell at will. You know, it goes within to the still calmness and the peace. And it's, it, 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 uh, it says, you know, someone who, does these type of practices has that ability so i guess what the reflection of what tobin was sharing as you you know you spoke then is that there's a maybe a time for that we need the the sympathetic nervous system to to function in the world you know to be reactive to to get things done but then if we're burning on that all the time that's when okay if we can't switch to our parasympathetic our down regulation our our calmness response then we need all kinds of things that almost either don't necessarily do that but just kind of numb out the nervous system so at least we feel relaxed for a little while i guess what we offer is tools and ways to to actually to to be able to move between those two aspects of being the passion and the creativity and the stillness and the awareness more at will so yeah i like that reflection yeah, there's, it's that that's more um, flow and fluidity, because I know from the past, and I see this a lot, that when we're on that sort of sympathetic arousal um, all the time, there is a constant looking for intensity, for newness, um, and it's it becomes a seeking mechanism that's always looking out often as well. Um, and it's inviting what we're suggesting is this inviting of this turning in and you know for me um, our bodies our beings are these like vast incredible erotic rich scintillating um, it just infinite continents that are available to to explore and often when we're looking in intensity we're looking at the um uh, the highs the hot the fast 
And so again, you know, people talk about slow sex or, um, you know, like Diana Richardson, who we both uh, love and work with, she'd use the language of, for example, slow sex. I like to sort of talk about it in temperatures, thinking of we've got hot, cool and warm available and seeing all of them as like keys on the keyboard. It's the lower scale, the upper scale. And actually, if we are more fluid in all of those places and when we're in the more cooler pleasures and the warmer pleasures it's much more about the subtle whereas in our culture we're always looking for the big the next big thing more 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 it happens on every level of our culture from our economy to our goals and life and all these things it's so uh, predominant way of being in in the world and what we're suggesting and what we explore is um how do we drop into those more subtle sensations? Um, really uh, sit in those warmer, cooler waters and what's possible as we just open up and relax and unwind. And, you know, one of the things that you've taught me so much about in our time together is that as we drop in and unwind and the layers of busyness and relaxation start to drop away what becomes available when we're present with each other um, is something very very different mm. and so you talk about the analogy of the tuning forks like we're in two different frequencies wherever we are in the day and like we have different speeds that we work at don't we and operate in the day and so um, and when we come together these two tuning forks the practices we explore and that can just be sitting and eye gazing or it can be coming together and just feeling our bellies together and just breathing together or some simple touch and then you can just literally feel our frequencies just start to find uh, um, a harmony if you like um, as we just drop into that sort of space together and I can literally feel my body just shed the layers of the day. I think that's I think that's the downregulated nervous system. I yeah. I notice in myself, you know. So when we're in our uh, sympathetic, because we're we're re literally, I mean, it's called wisely fight flight. You know, it has this this reactivity. So there's a, there's a an, an ability to respond to life and to 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 work quickly. You know, and so generally when we're in that, we're not in our bodies, as far as I can see. We're, we're in our minds. So we're, we're thinking about the next thing. Do, what do I have to notice about that? So it's a, it's a very reactive way of being. And so I think on the other side of the scale, and it, the, I think we were speaking about this the other day, you know, where there was, a, I heard a, a teacher say once, you know, who do you think is the happiest person? Someone who's highly stressed at the Michelin star restaurant has just drunk a bottle of champagne, had a meal, and then has some high-priced caviar. You know, is he as happy as someone who's been in stillness and calmness and maybe taken a walk in nature that day, maybe done a water fast through the day or the day before, and then just sits down and bites into an apple or bites into a into a tomato? Who can, who's really experiencing the greatest pleasure there? The one who is down-regulated or the one who is really hyper you know, um, what, what I could call it desensitized, but I don't want to say it in a, in a judgmental way because, of course, like those experiences could, can be fun as well. Uh, so I think, yeah, when we slow down, that that's the invitation. A lot of the work that I do with the men, there's, a, it, I think it was the spiritual teacher in America called Ram Das who said, you know, the quieter you become, the more that you can hear. And so I can go into the garden, you know, I, I was, I shared a post with this a, a few months ago, actually, and I woke up and I was like, should I meditate? Should I do yoga? Should I, should I, should I, should I, should I, you know, what thing can I do that will give me pleasure? And then I sat and I kind of paused and felt into my body. And I thought, you know what, I'll go down to the local abbey and I'll sit in the gardens there. And, you know, I shared the story that I went to the abbey and, when I arrived there, I'd had quite a busy few days. I think I'd be on the road, you know, so my nervous system was still in busyness. And so I went to the local abbey and I just sat there and I kept on moving benches. It was like, oh, this bench isn't right. I'm not comfortable here. I'll try this bench. Oh, I'm not comfortable here. And it was like, right, I have to just pick a bench at some point. <laughs> let's, let's just find a bench. So I sat down on the bench and 
then the next thing it's like oh i can hear the cars on the road oh, i can't believe i can hear the cars i don't usually hear those and so i and i just thought right just sit just listen to the cars on the road and then it was like oh there's someone clipping one of the trees over there and that's and it was almost like for 20 minutes i sat there in this really beautiful place and all i could focus on was the the reactiveness of my nervous system but after about 20 minutes i realized oh i can't hear the road anymore what i'm focusing now is i'm just noticing the sound of the breeze blowing through the trees and I'm noticing the billions of shades of green in the grass as it's blowing in the wind or the breeze. And I'm seeing the, all these trees with all the colors. And I started to go into this sense of incredible happiness, incredible peace. Now, the world hadn't changed. I had. And I was in exactly the same place I was when I was stressed on a physical level. So when I but as my nervous system started to slow down, I could just appreciate the beauty and I could connect with it and I could sense it. And that was totally blind. I was totally blind to that when my 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 mind was in, in a in a place of stress. And so I really reflect and and hear that beautiful well reflection that you gave about the tuning forks, you know, that some of the beautiful thing we can do in the in the realm of relationship and even relationship with our with ourselves you know and nothing new to anyone who practices any kind of yoga or tai chi where you're encouraged to sit in stillness twice a day maybe sometime at the beginning of the day sometimes at the end of the day simply so for at least 20 minutes you can actually feel good <laughs> before leaping in and and the thing is a lot of the men i work with they haven't because they've compartmentalized maybe a relationship and sex, they haven't ever considered that they can bring, because the, a lot of these guys are meditators, so they've never thought that they could actually bring that level of awareness and mindfulness and relaxation into making love with their partner. Or, you know, because there's this thing, oh, sex bad, everything else good, you know, this is the weird thing we have in our culture. Or even self-pleasure. Oh, my God. Well, I can actually do self-pleasure with a meditative presence. And, you know, that's what I teach some of the men uh, on the course. And it blows their mind. It's like, oh, my God. I, you know, I thought I was enjoying self-pleasure before, like in the, in the champagne and caviar way. <laughs> but, oh, my God, I can do this in a meditative, holistic way. And even more than that, you know, as I, as I teach them, I can actually learn how to not just have this pleasure in one area of my body, but open my whole central nervous system, you know, my heart, my mind, and, and circulate this feeling in my body in certain ways and go into these incredible states of happiness and bliss. Or when I'm with my partner, I can connect with him or her in that same way. And suddenly this person isn't the, the person who left the dirty cups on the side, suddenly this person isn't the person I just fell out with, uh, like earlier today, suddenly this person isn't the one that looked at me funny last night, and I'm still pissed off about it. <laughs> suddenly, this person is just an exquisite experience, like the wind blowing through the tree. They're, they're here now in this moment, and they're, they're, they're somehow exquisite to to touch and to feel and experience and to be with because i'm not responding to them through my sympathetic nervous system i'm responding to them through my relaxation response so they become so much more than i believe that they were and and so do i you know i'm no longer the the buffling idiot that did that thing earlier or messed up in that way suddenly i'm at peace with myself and so the 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 depth of connection we can have when we learn to meet ourselves, each other, our sexual energy, have conversations, you know, touch each other, massage each other from that place. It means that every day the relationship can be new. I'm not now dating the person or being with the person I've been with every day for however many years. I'm being with the person who I'm meeting fresh in this moment today and the the love and the connection and the passion and the 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 sensations you know i won't get too excited with my language you know, you're just <laughs> upstairs <laughs> but to, to be able to connect in that ways is exquisite 
you know it's exquisite yeah. mm. and it absolutely and it's like and, and it's so funny what you shared because over the years exactly that I've worked with so many people who have meditated or done some yoga or whatever it is at sort of those holistic practices male and female and then when I've said they've, they've, there's been a point where they've suddenly gone oh so everything I've learned in meditation and yoga I can bring into the sex and their mind you can literally see the light bulb goes off because what we're suggesting isn't some you know secret teaching that you need to go off and learn in sort of groups in the forest for years it's like it's it's just so on one level so simple it's just about awareness it's about the presence and most of us learn to do sex learn to make love in a way that is so on autopilot we just do it how we do it and we don't even know how we do it because we just do it the same way or similar ways each time and so when you slow everything down and bring this newness and presence just like you shared your partner can be a whole new being every day um you know, I, 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 I remember watching a, an interview with a couple in their 80s and it was like, what's the secret to your relationship? And one of the things that um, one of them said is, I think it was a woman, she said, he still is a mystery to me. There's still parts of him that I don't know. And of course, there's the familiarity that grows as you know each other. But if you can keep that seeing each other with new eyes and fresh eyes each day, because I've never seen you in this moment at this time. And if I see you afresh in this way, greet you in the morning, like who is this person today? Then it keeps our relationship alive. And as a living being, <laughs> um, it's like the third part, it's me, you and the relationship. It keeps it growing and moving and evolving and exactly the same for our sex life. If we greet each other in that place of presence of like, how do I want to be with you today? When we sit with each other or start to touch each other, rather than going on the linear journey that often we learn to do, just being really present to what wants to move today, what's arising. Oh, I'm just feeling just the subtle sweetness of this moment, or I feel a wave of passion moving forward. And then if we keep that, um, those fresh goggles on every time we meet we've got so less chance of our pleasure ever becoming boring and routine mm. um, but it's about again this is a different part of us that comes online when we experience pleasure beyond the goal because when we're in the goal it's known territory and we know where we're heading we know where we're going we know what works Whereas when we are going, um, being in this place of awareness and presence and what wants to move today, what, we, what are we feeling today? We're going into unknown territory because we don't know what it's going to look like. And that might open up into incredible passionate pleasure. It might open up into the sweetest, slow lovemaking it might open up into sometimes as happens with us, like tears, usually me. <laughs> and um, But in that, there might be a deep healing. Like, for example, the other day we were in pleasure and I just noticed all this stuck energy around my heart and I couldn't move forward. I just had to be with that. And then this release of tears came. And then through that, this incredible connection happens and we had this incredible lovemaking. Now, years ago, I'd have just buried those tears and I would have just got on and just disconnected and done what we were doing. And But by bringing that presence and awareness in, the healing, the transcendence, the pleasure, everything that's possible is um, opens up in just rich ways. But it's for me, it took me a while to be in the unknown and to trust that. Mm, that's so lovely. I love what you shared as well. I mean, there's so much richness in what you just uh, shared. One of the things I'm just drawn to reflect on is the goal base. And and that's so interesting because, again, this is reflected in the Zen path, the Taoist path. And, you know, I love the Zen saying that uh, 
the the path is the goal the destiny you know the path is the destination of you know something like that and so it's it's how to find you know the fullness of each experience each time you touch each time you breathe and and it's it's inevitable you know when we when we start a tight say bring it into meditation for example people when they start meditation are so locked into their sympathetic nervous system that they're trying to get somewhere you know there's a belief that if i meditate on one toe up a mountain yelling at a fire <laughs> as something will shift and i'll stop i'll suddenly get to this destination that isn't here and me you know with all my neurosis my heaviness and and so there's an inevitability there's an inevitability in all kind of healing practice that we we kind of start off thinking we're meant to get somewhere of course in in just a simple simple something as simple as making love you know we're taught maybe to race to the orgasm or to you know or to race to making sure five four three two one let's both orgasm together because <laughs> you know it's a waste of time doing anything else and you know that so then and not saying that you know i'm not I'm just noticing this is what as human beings we we have these stories and ideas and goals you know but yeah when you so I I guess what you could call that is the light chasers or the enlightenment chasers in meditation and it and it can take a while in these in those type of practices to realize oh I might have a heightened state I might have a multi-orgasmic day I might bring it back into the sexual arena I might blast out of my crown chakra merge with the universe but then the mistake might be that I'm, oh, that's meant to happen every time. So the next day when you're like, actually, it's a bit boring today. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh my God, what am I doing? What am I getting it wrong? You know? So it's like the same in, you know, all these practices. It's like, I think there's a natural understanding that comes that every moment can be exquisite. And, and when it is an exquisite, as you're describing, when we have these inevitable triggers, which maybe touch in our wounding, they touch into our own um, uh, like childhood stuff or, you know, especially the, you know, related, you know, it makes me laugh. Like, I, I, you've got to bear with my mind. It goes off at a thousand tangents all at once, but it makes me laugh. You know, it, I, 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 I could say more compassionately, but when people said, oh, so many red flags or, oh, you know, this this person, we're just trauma bonding or something like that. And, and I say it all the time myself, and this is in no way, you know, saying it's wrong to think this. But for me, every relationship is, has an aspect of trauma bonding. That's the point of it. And every relationship, there's going to be red flags popping up. So the, the idea isn't, you're not going to meet someone who's already done all their work and is completed. I mean, in Eastern mysticism, that's what you would call someone that that isn't in this realm anymore. <laughs> so we're all kind of damaged. We're all we've all got stuff to work through. But I think by being in the moment, learning how to process, notice how to meet those blockages within ourselves, even the crunchy and the uncomfortable bits, that's where the healing is. And I think that's you know what I would call a healing relationship. I, I don't know if I, I totally buy into some idea that there's a, a a thing called a twin flame and you meet and you complete each other and there's no problems and everything's great from that moment onwards. You know, that sounds kind of boring to me. <laughs> it's like <laughs> there's something exciting about, you know, the vulnerability and the, the opportunity to use use or experience lovemaking as a healing tool that does show you maybe all kinds of things insecurity not good enoughness you know self-criticism criticizing projected onto the other but to be able to meet those together with stillness and consciousness and and to be able to talk those through and to be able to release those and i think when you do release those things or when you meet those those insecurities either during lovemaking or during conversation or just during the day-to-day -day running of a relationship there's a rich that's where there's a richness in that you know to to be able to meet the tension the 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 fear and and still be in, be able to to meet it or to come back to a sense of awareness and presence so you can process that together so yeah so i guess i'm reflecting on a few things one is that 
yeah, it's about presence, but also within presence, it doesn't mean that just being present means it's going to be a bed of roses. Within the presence of the relationship and the intimacy, our stuff is going to rise up. And then do we run away? As you said, do we try and push it down, push on through, pretend we love each other when they're down inside, which we, of course we do, but down inside we've got a crunchiness, a, a sense to run away, to reject ourselves or the other. Can we, can we also be present to those uncomfortable things, knowing that if we can just be present to them, they will process, they'll pass through our nervous system and we'll fall into a deeper heldness, a deeper sense of love. So, yeah, just a reflection on that, yeah. I suppose. And that's what you call relationship yoga, isn't it? It's that heat relationship as a path of healing and a path of evolving. I mean, I look at how much we've shifted in the five years that we've been together through meeting these tender places, through a commitment to not hiding, to not pretending, um, you know, to speaking and um, speaking where in the past um, we may have people pleased and not wanted to upset the apple cart. So we've made a commitment to really showing up, to bringing the best of us that we can to the relationship and to work through those sticky and crunchy places and it's been scary at times and it's been deeply vulnerable however as we've moved the alchemy that happens as we've worked through those and how we've both evolved and grown um, and truly in a relationship that gets better and better and we're learning all the time and I think our sex lives can be part of this healing and growing as well you know so that we can deepen into ourselves and we can hold ourselves we can hold each other and and so much beautiful healing can happen and I think that's one piece of sex that is not talked about enough the healing that can come from um that that intimacy that can be that can be revealing a vulnerable part of ourselves or sharing something that's very crunchy or sensitive or it can be healing it's just it's a, probably a whole podcast in, in, in itself um, but I think there's so much more to our potential sexually um, than we ever learn in our culture we just see that one way of the goal and as we step beyond the goal the healing that's possible the expansion that's possible the connection that's possible the deepening into love that's possible the pleasure and the passion that's possible um, there's so much possible I love the fit that I love the phrase making love. And I think that literally does it what it says on the tin. That when you can really have that type of connection, where, you know, when you can move out of making guilt, making fear, making rejection, making not good enough, making should be better at this, when you get away from making that stuff and turn it to making love, like creating love in your relationship through intimacy. I think that's you've kind of cracked it then and that the, you see the the potential of intimacy as a as a tool of healing as a tool of uh, unification as a tool of presence and ultimately as a tool of what I could call it love you know heart-based connection mm. and it's 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 so crazy to see how far off the mark society is with sexual intimacy and the possibility of it you know and so uh, yeah it, it really yeah. surprises me mm. totally and I, I you know there's times when we're making love where like the depth of love I feel literally cracks my heart open at another level it's that just and I think for me that's bringing in the heart into sex in a whole new way like I'd call it loving sex is another way sometimes I talk about it bringing the love in um, because sometimes when we're focused on the goal, the sex can be just very focused on the sex part. <laughs> it's the, the how do we get there as quickly as possible? And what we're doing is bringing our whole selves online, really bringing our hearts into the presence. And it be a meeting of not just our sex, but also of heart. And then that love that's possible that we can literally, you know, I, we do literally make love, don't we? I mean, literally. <laughs> It's like a sort of generating force that's so powerful. 
um, that we feel throughout the day, it's it, it just glows, you know, when we've had those, you know, when, when we have incredible lovemaking sessions, it literally, we're just both glowing <laughs> and um, with the love and we just feel that love. So yeah, there's so much beyond the goal. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's beautiful. And God, we, we've not, I guess, time-wise, we have to be conscious, but we've not even got into communication or massage or anything like that. So we might have to get together and, and speak about totally. some of those things that are, you know, are late to time too. Totally. Because I'd like to mention a bit about the course, because we had a, a few broadband hiccups, which delayed our start of this conversation. So I hope for people listening that you know, beyond the goal, it's like, sometimes I say to people, it's like, we, everybody's had glimpses of those places, if not dove into them, those times when there's just a timelessness that happens when it's like, you're not in that thinking space, you're just in the beingness and the flow of things, whether that's happened when you're on the dance floor, whether that's happened when you're eating an incredible meal, or you're, um, out in nature or um, doing a, a sport you love, you know, these moments of just total timelessness. And sometimes when we're talking about it, when it comes to sex, it's a bit like describing the ocean to somebody who's never seen it before. And you can describe it, you can give flavors of it, you can give tastes of it. Um, and, you know, it's not the type of sex that we see on TV in the movies because it wouldn't make great TV or the movies because it, well, I think it would, but it's because it's like, it's hot, fast sex that's on, you know, for entertainment. So this beyond the goal um, is such a core part of both mine and Graham's work. And, you know, the course that we've created just to share a little bit about it for those of you listening in September 23. And we've also got a little offer for you uh, as well, for those of you listening. Um, and, our vision, you know, when we talked about the course a few weeks ago, Graham was like, oh, God, this is a course I wish we'd had when we first got together. Um, and it's designed for people who are in any stage of relationship. It's designed for intimate partners. And there's two aspects of it, which is the deepening in love. So that's the communication, cultivating intimacy day to day, how to deal with triggers, all that aspect. And then the second part is the expanding pleasure, moving beyond the goal and practices to help us to drop into ourselves, each other, to unwind our nervous systems, to become more present and lots of different ways and games of cultivating pleasure and passion and intimacy together with all the skills and like, you know, call them sort of like little keys, if you like, to help us to open up to those deeper levels of pleasure and those practices and in, we're going to bring that we're going to be doing that for um three months so we're meeting every thursday night uh, every other thursday night so there's a couple of weeks in between for practices and explorations we'll have a facebook group to hold you in between as well um and also um we will be having each week practices where we'll be guiding you as well as giving you things to do at home obviously any practices we do you'll be doing the comfort of your own home with the camera off and the microphone off it's about you working together as a couple you can um, be involved as much or as little as you like so there's going to be opportunities for Q&A but nobody's going to be sort of put on the spotlight to share things um, and it's a real gift to be in a group of couples because we can feel so alone or, um, oh, maybe this is just us, but actually every couple has got bits and bobs they're working through. Um, everybody has got places pretty much where they might feel a bit stuck or they want to learn or expand. And, that, you know, it might be that you come to this course because you feel stuck or you have some challenges, but it also might be that you come and do the course because you're just really um, curious to learn more and you know there's more available. So that's a little summary of the course. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Only that, my God, what a journey some couples are going to be on this winter. It's going to be the best winter ever, you know, for a few, <laughs> a few people listening to this. You know, it's just that opportunity as we go into autumn to have a focus on pleasure and connection 
and being able to really dedicate a, a small part of your life to just deepening that love and you know so i'm so excited i know we've got a few couples already uh, decided to to sign up and work with us but yeah what an exciting journey we're going to take these people on these couples on and and this is all the practices that we do and we love to do and we have you know i guess put together over the time we've been together you know and it's it's just so delicious you know that yeah. we'll be able to share these ways of you know connecting communicating love making you know uh, finding pleasure with uh yeah with some yeah. other people that's beautiful yeah and it's a, it's the practices we've developed we've been working with i work with with my couples for years and so these really are practices that we absolutely know make a difference we never teach anything that we don't believe in or do ourselves and that's really important and also just to say for some couples with children with work commitments um you might not be able to get to the live classes I've had people do my courses who've never made a live class they've just listened to the recording and they've got so much from it but you'll be held in between in the Facebook group you can ask questions have support so that's also an option as well and also just to say we are having a small number of couples. It's not going to be a massive group because we want to get to know you all and we want to really journey together. And so that's something that's really important as well. Um, and we have an early bird offer that ends probably the day the podcast goes out, which saves £100 off the course. And so if you contact us to book on the course and you mention the podcast, then we will offer the early bird rate to you. And we do have payment plans available so that you can spread the cost over four months or eight months as well. So just get in touch for more information and I can send it all to you. It's on my website as well. So thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. A pleasure to have this conversation with you. And we, we talk about this all the time <laughs> and really good to share this with others. And so I hope it's been um, inspiring or helpful in some way for you listening, if you've got this far. And other than that, thank you, Graham. I love you. I love you too. Thank you for having me along. Thank you for listening to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast with me, Sarah Rose Bright. I support women and couples across the globe to truly enjoy sex and pleasure and to create or deepen intimate relationships that are passionate and purposeful, happy and healthy, and I'd love to support you. You can book a complimentary call via my website at sarahrosebright.com to find out if my approach is right for you. And check out my website for information about my one-to-one -one coaching programs and any current workshops, group programs and retreats that I'm running. Wherever and whenever you are listening, wishing you a beautiful day.